Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand, resale, consignment, vintage, thrift, and sustainable, because the future of fashion is nothing new. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am here with my bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. What's going on, Mare? I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, you know, just <laughs> shill in my book, Brag Better, which you can order from any retailer, but there's also a list of independent bookstores that are also black-owned at brag-better.com, where you can buy from or request it from your local library, which I will be doing this till the end of time because that's also this is also my project, so... Why not? But it's hot. We're in quarantine. It's like Groundhog Day, but warmer. I know. It's it's funny because you're on the other side of the country for me. I'm in California. You're in D.C. And it's really hot here. I assume it's, you know, it's summer, right? So your hot is a little different than my hot, but it's fucking hot. I know. So we're going to first talk about our treats before we get into the very spicy wild world of secondhand golden goose a sneaker that is so dumb that i have bought into and that we will discuss but it's treat time and i have to evangelize something and that is really controversial it's dark chocolate hummus oh my gosh that's i could have guessed anything and it wouldn't have been what you just said what is that listen I've been doing a book tour from my living room. I've done endless interviews. I can't go real shopping that much. Uh, So I went ham at the grocery store. And you've maybe seen it because one of my favorite Instagram accounts is, oh, I love memes, which is not new, but it's an account called Hummus Memes. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's just memes about hummus. It is exactly specific enough and dumb enough that it's very funny. Um, but there is all of a sudden dessert hummus, which is actually not a new thing at all, has existed for a very long time. But like the mo- a popular brand like Sabra came out with chocolate hummus and everyone was like, that's fucking disgusting. How dare you? And I saw it and I was like, OK, I'll risk my three dollars and buy it. It's delicious. What do you when I get hummus, it's usually because it's like I have like half a bag of potato or, or tortilla chips left or, you know, there's something that I'm going to scoop into the hummus. So what do you do with when it becomes a dessert hummus? So let's talk about chocolate hummus. It's delicious. I have been sleeping on chocolate hummus. 
I plan to bring it to like every party when we're done, wear a mask, social distancing, wear a mask, um, and maybe things go back to normal in the aftertimes. I'm about to give everyone dark chocolate hummus. And so (laughs) it tastes like chocolate mousse. It is chickpea based, obviously. It's much healthier than many dessert spreads. It's delicious. It just tastes like chocolate mousse and it's made of chickpeas. Um, So that's it. The problem was they called it hummus, but it doesn't taste anything like savory hummus that you, you know, would have with pita or chips or carrots or any surface. And I've been having it with tangy green apples. And let me tell you, as soon as we're done recording, that's what I'm going to eat. This sounds amazing. I am a hummus aficionado, self-proclaimed. I make my own hummus, not all the time, but I, I know how to and I'm pretty decent at it and there is some fun stuff you know like you throw you know jalapeno peppers into the hummus or you do maybe a kalamata hummus but it's never been sweet it's always been some form of savory because it's that hummus feel but I can totally see why the chickpeas would kind of go to the back if you were to I don't know I suppose dark chocolate hummus is a cocoa powder based type thing it would be pretty easy to make The truth is, they're making everything out of every vegetable. I am known to take issue with food that looks like other food. So I don't want a cauliflower pizza. I don't want your cauliflower rice. I don't want your like cauliflower buffalo chicken wings. It drives me crazy. Just like be a cauliflower or be a buffalo chicken wing. Don't be both. Um, But that is a specific rant that is just not the time or place. But get into the chocolate hummus. You're welcome. What are you treating yourself to? Uh, it's funny you mentioned going to the grocery store. I actually, I had been going to the grocery store because it was kind of my only time that I would go do something. Wearing masks, of course, but have to have like, you know, at least a little fun human interaction and just reading labels, nutritional labels, which is my favorite thing in the world. Just to like go meditate in the grocery store for a while. I just have been doing it quite often. Um, and I was also just baking things that I hadn't baked before and so I was going to get ingredients and and I got a little recently I got a little kind of stressed about just being in public luckily I have like a million mason jars full of all of the grains I mean I could live on grains for a year at this point and part of it was just because I liked the way that it looked on the shelf but I, I have a lot of stuff and so last night I was like all right, I really don't have anything. Got to go to the grocery store. I don't want to. It was 4th of July. I felt like people were going to be drunk on the road. I just didn't want to go. So I just like made some pasta and then I mashed up some avocado and some tomato and balsamic vinegar and a little bit of olive oil, of course, and some uh, brewer's yeast, which is my jam. And I made a weird pasta mash and I was like, this is just so college era, you know, like based on just the things that you have right in front of you and you're hungry. It was so good. I will make this again. I will make this many times. That sounds delicious. Yeah, um, Sarah and Meredith's cooking podcast, secondhand <laughs> shopping cooking podcast. That's better than what I ate in college because I had like, there was one year of college where I had peanut m and like a king size bag of peanut M&Ms every day for lunch and like frozen yogurt for dinner it's amazing i'm still standing is basically how all of our college diets go but uh yeah that was like not mm, 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 not good let's get into the topic at hand which is the number one requested 
item for me to help or give advice with, whether it's in the at INGO podcast or at Meredith Feynman DMs on Instagram. Like I've gotten a lot of emails at hello at ingopodcast.com about this. That is Golden Goose Sneakers. So this episode is all about what the hell these are, why we like them or don't like them, and kind of what's the underbelly of the resale Golden Goose market. So you ready, Sarah? I'm ready, Mayor. So what do you think of when you hear Golden Goose? (laughs) You know, so Golden Goose, I've got a friend, my friend Heather Frank, I do another podcast with called Have Such a Good Day. In fact, we're starting it back up again because we're just lonely and we need to talk to each other. So, you know, awesome. Yeah, hopefully somebody will enjoy the podcast as well. Uh, We'll be launching that, you know, sometime in July. But but, uh, she had a pair of Golden Goose sneakers she she's more of a fashionista than I am. She likes trends. She likes to have she ha, she she has nice stuff. But I remember seeing them and I was like, "Oh, what are you know what are what are those? You know, got, I see the stars and whatever. There was gold on it, and I love everything gold. And you know, she explained that to me, and I'm like, "But it looks so old." <laughs> and she was like, "No, they're supposed to. That's the whole thing." And I was like, "Huh? That is a very interesting marketing play. Like our shoes look beat the fuck up on purpose." So if they really are, they don't ever look any older than they were at the beginning. Yeah. So let's talk about Golden Goose sneakers. For the uninitiated, they are an Italian sneaker brand that is extremely popular. Um, They are leather, handcrafted sneakers that are purposely distressed to look old, which is fine, except that they retail for between $500 and $800. Obviously, I am a label whore. I like expensive things. I have very expensive taste. I'm trying to remember the first time I saw Golden Goose. I have bought them. I have sold them. I have bought them again. I have sold them again. I currently just bought another pair because I'm a sucker. So I took a second because it's like, why would you want sneakers that look beat up? What's the hype? What's the deal? Which I have bought into still, and I still look at them all the time secondhand. I would say they are one of the things that retains the most value, Um, which means that when you buy it, the resale value, if you decide to sell it, holds. Unequivocally, Golden Goose sneakers, I'm trying to think of like the Louis Vuitton Neverfull, which is a Louis Vuitton tote bag that's very, very popular. They just resell for a lot of money and people will buy them. So the first thing I wanted to do, as we've done with other brands, is like, where did this brand come from? What is it? So it's Italian. Started in Venice, Italy, not California. And it was a brand that was started by two Venetian designers who were married, uh, Francesca Rinaldo and Alessandro Gallo. So they founded the brand in 2000, but they did not start making the sneakers until 2007. And I probably first saw them, I don't think it was in America. I don't remember, I I think, because they they don't have like the labels really on them. I think I stopped someone on the street maybe, or I saw them on someone and clocked them and then saw them in a store. This was way before they had, now they have Golden Goose stores all over the world and a bunch in the United States. And they have, they're best known for these sneakers, these handmade leather sneakers, and then they beat up and sell to you for a lot of money. What was really interesting in trying to research the brand is, so they've been making these sneakers for 13 years, but there's like very little origin story. And then there's very little, I can't figure out 
as a PR person, if they just had the best PR or they got the right stylists, um, you know, a lot of brands will send celebrity stylists certain things that then they hope will get onto a celebrity's feet and then they'll be photographed in them and then it'll be put in Us Weekly and millions and millions of people see it and ask for those sneakers and then that will rocket them out. And some people pay for that. There are a lot of people that pay money to stylists to push certain things or to celebrities to wear certain things. That's a huge, huge industry. I can't figure out how they became so popular. And I am the ultimate sleuth. Yeah. When you think of vintage, it's it's assumed that it's old of some scale, right? And that said, you wouldn't buy like vintage jeans that look like they're dirty and have stains on them. But with shoes, it's different because that's what happens to shoes anyway. So I think one of the things about Golden Goose that they get away with is, well, that's what the shoe would look like if you were, I don't know, living your life and, you know, really, you know, hitting the pavement. And, you know, these are just like really cool shoes that look that way on purpose. But that's why they retain so much value because they looked old anyway. So whether they're a year old or 10 years old, they kind of look the same. And I, I agree. I think they're nice looking the old thing, it, it's hard for me to get uh, around because, I don't know, I try so hard to keep my shoes not dirty, but, uh, but it, it has worked. Yeah, well, here's what I'll say. I've obviously bought a million of them. I stock them completely, and I've gone into the depths of this secondhand Golden Goose world to bring to you. It never gets old listeners um, who ask me about them all the time. So one of the so the real so there's that piece. But then you know I will say they're very comfortable. They actually it's hard to find a sneaker that you can kind of wear in a more dressy way. Though now everyone wears sneakers as fashion. Like I've written about and talked about that a lot. We did designer secondhand sneakers. Um, in our two-part sneaker episode, I mean, sneakers is a whole other podcast, and we'll continue to do like different different episodes. But I wanted to do one on Golden Goose specifically because I'm sort of mystified by it. It is such an obvious marketing ploy, but it worked. And so I'll say that the sneakers are very nice. They're comfortable. The leather is really nice. They're handcrafted. But they also have a hidden one-inch heel. So I remember we've talked about Isabel Morant sneakers, and it kind of reminds me of that, this like cult of like the sneaker heel. What they say is that this this sneaker really launched the ugly sneaker, quote unquote, which I've talked about, like the Balenciaga Triple S ones, like the dad shoes, these ugly ass sneakers that like, again, fashion is dumb. I love fashion. It's great. It's one of my favorite things on the planet. So they have this hidden heel, which gives you a tiny bit of a boost. They pass my 10,000 step test and I've worn them all over the world on trips. I wear them and have like actually... (laughs) pro tip don't go hiking in golden goose sneakers for so many reasons but one like they're not the right support i fucked up my knee but but i didn't have any other sneakers with me and then i sold them in the hotel like i sold them online when i got back from that hike i snapped a picture put them on poshmark and like had the hotel send them out (laughs) so anyway options um but what was interesting about doing research about this is like everyone's like the cult sneaker the like sneaker cult and there's like nothing really about these people. I guess also part of the allure is that the brand name isn't all over it. They're kind of behind the scenes. But I like was reading GQ articles and Wall Street Journal articles. It just says like the cult of golden goose sneakers. Like there's no other information. We've decided we want them or we want to buy them. We want to sell them. So let's talk about how to do that. I got a DM from 
and it never gets old listener, as I want to do, that she found a pair of brand new Golden Goose sneakers at a Goodwill. And I think she paid mm, five to ten dollars for them. And she immediately sold them on Poshmark in 12 hours for like three twenty five. Let's talk about how to buy them and then how to sell them. So as I said, Golden Goose sneakers retain value. You're not going to get a wild deal on them, though of course I have because I've either been in the right place at the right time or I've literally this is a podcast on this. Uh, but for the most part, you're not going to get them for under $200 unless there's something really wrong with them. In which case, you can also decide if you care or if someone doesn't know what they are. So I got a pair of Golden Goose sneakers for $50 on Poshmark because someone didn't know what they were. And they were like, look at these dirty ass sneakers. Nobody's going to buy them. <laughs> they look like yeah. they're pretty nice leather. Right. Some unnamed Italian brand probably was nice at one point. Eh, call it 50 bucks. And I was like, done. And then I sold them, obviously. Um, and I remember when they came in, I, oh, I was so excited about them. And I ripped them open at my front desk. This is obviously like before Corona times because, God, the before times we weren't wearing masks. And I could be like, look at this thing I bought. And I took out the sneakers and the the concierge at the front desk looked at me and he goes, I hope you didn't pay a lot for those because they look like beat up dumb shoes, which they are. But I bought them anyway and sold them. Um, So buying them, you can't really buy them for under $200. The real real, they're really expensive on the real real and you can never get the 20% off. Poshmark is really where Golden Goose goes down. And it's a really interesting world. Uh, There are a lot of people that sell them. And then there are a lot of people that that's their whole profession. Um, There are some power sellers they're power sellers of every brand, which means that they like are real experts in one particular brand. But they're clearly people who are making a lot of money just reselling Golden Goose. And I think they get buy them in bulk and get a good price like as a like a, mm-hmm. a retailer and then are selling them secondhand online. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, listen, you said, you know, besides going hiking in Golden Goose sneakers, they give you a little lift. Smaller people love that. They're comfortable, well-made. The fact that they're distressed is, you know, it's it, it's fashion. It's fashion like anything else. Sometimes it, you sort of say like, well, in theory, this doesn't make any sense. Fa- you know, it's supposed to look new when it's new, but it's it, it's clearly working. And, and I know that you have done enough research to kind of be in like, well, you know, why did it catch on the way it did? But why do so many things catch on the way that they do? It's just... It's a hot sneaker. It's so true. So you've got sort of $200 threshold. Um, you need to be really careful of fakes. They're really, really good golden goose fakes. And anything that you, anything that's desired can be faked. They can fake the sneaker. They can fake the insert. They can fake the box. They can fake the bag. They can fake the tissue paper. So you need to watch out. And, you know, one thing you can do is ask if they're authentic. But let me give you some touch points. One thing that I always tell people to do is, I mean, if you can get to a store, look at it in a store and then go back and look at it online and compare it. But you can always look it up on a site that is obviously selling it for real. So like a Neiman Marcus or a luxury outlet, you know, matches or essence. Um, You can look it up and, and study the shoe. The font of the tongue, the GGDB, if it looks off, it's fake. I think that's usually the biggest giveaway. And then the other giveaway is going to be in the insert. So when you look at the inside of the shoe, that hidden heel, 
you again need to compare the photos because if it looks a little wonky or it looks like it might not be leather or that stuff they say the style number on the inside of the shoe so if it's like the may model it'll say may when you like look at the inside of the shoe when you go to put the shoe on and if it that doesn't match it's fake and then sometimes there are people in the comments they're golden goose bullies which i'll get into um that will call things out for being fake but you need to watch out for that so that's a fake piece um and like some people have gotten duped and you just be careful and if you do and uh you can report it and usually you know get your money back golden goose runs kind of weird so um they don't have half sizes they only have full sizes. I am a true eight and a half um, and I wear a 39, not a 38. So I wear the nine, not the eight. That is in, the, and I get this question all the time, the sizing. So that is in the regular Superstar shoe and the May, uh, we're really getting to the nitty gritty, in the Superstar and in the May and in the Slide, I am a 39. Ball Stars run really big. I had bought a 39 and had to sell them immediately again because they were way too big. I might try the 38, but there are no half sizes. So if you are an eight and a half, a seven and a half, you need to size up except for the ball stars, which run really big. I just got a pair of mid stars. They also are kind of on the bigger side. I got them in a 39. I'm not convinced I could wear a 38, but I could maybe wear a 38 with the laces open. The May's I don't think are as comfortable and I think those are all the specific actual models of them. I have never tried on ones that have shearling or fur in them. I think those are kind of dumb. I did have a pair of Swarovski crystal ones that like literally retailed for like $1,200. Yeah, Um, but no shearling. Listen, I had these insane Swarovski crystal ones and I didn't make nearly enough money on them. I'm kind of mad because they're super rare. But one of the big ass crystals had fallen out and they kept like... I guess I do this thing when I wear sneakers, which sometimes I like hit myself with like the back of my shoe or something and I kept scraping the shit out of myself. So I sold them. I sold a lot of these. I've bought a lot of them and I've sold a lot of them. So what am I, what am I missing with buying Sarah? What other questions would you have if you're buying them? Obviously if you're buying golden goose shoes on Poshmark, which sounds like that's the jam, you're not going to try them on beforehand. If you're a golden goose, you know, wearer already, you might have a pretty good sense of your size, but I'm pretty much a six, but I'm sometimes a five and a half. I got little feet and, you know, especially with boots, things that just tend to run somewhat large. And it just goes to show you that obviously golden goose, because they have different lines of shoes that are probably being made in different warehouses somewhere, uh, it's, it's not all the same. So you do kind of have to know what you're doing or like you, you're going to get shoes where you're like, I can't wear these. They're not my size at all. Well, this is why I do this. I'm doing this podcast episode so that, you know, if you're thinking about buying them and being a boob like me that wears these expensive shoes that I love and they look so cute. And I don't know what to tell you. Um, (laughs) but if you are a half size, you need to size up, except if you're buying ball stars, in which case you might want to size down. So that's the deal with the sizing. It's actually very dumb. Now that I think about it, make a fucking half size, like, like, Make a fucking half size. Yeah, it, it's. I always kind of <laughs> wonder about that because it's like it's not as if Golden Goose and there are other brands that do this as well. I think Uggs also are only they don't do half sizes if I'm remembering correctly. But there are, there are plenty of brands that just don't, and it's like why? I mean, it's not like you're this tiny mom and pop shop that like can't afford to make twice as many shoes. Like, just why? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's it's a question I've, 
I've always wondered about. And usually it doesn't affect me because, again, I'm usually mostly a six. But but uh, it, it kind of makes no sense. So let's talk about selling them. I've sold a lot of them as well. Uh, like with other designer things that I recommend, keep the bag. There's a zippy bag. The shoes come in. If you have a shoe box, keep the shoe box. Do not switch out the laces. Keep the laces. I don't know what laces they have, but they're different from regular laces. Some dumb proprietary golden goose laces situation, so don't do that. Take lots of angles. You're going to have to answer lots of questions, but for the most part, you will at least break even in selling them. If you have a really rare pair, you could potentially get a lot of money. The really rare ones are, I mean, they have a million different limited editions, but they're ones that people are really looking for. And sometimes that depends on like trend. But right now they made a tie dye one that like the, the, the shoe itself, like the, the leather, it's maybe it's more of like a canvas is tie dye. And then there's plain white ones with a star and that star is tie dye. Those are really in right now and you'll get a shit ton of money from them. I think they're probably going for over msrp which is like over retail price so then you also have the ones that sell better are the more plain ones uh a lot of these have a lot of different like bells and whistles and like rhinestones or colors or whatever if you have plain white ones that are reasonably clean dirty uh because as we discussed like they kind of come that way those will sell for more money like the plain white because they're easier to wear versus one that's like leopard print and you can get them in a ton of consignment stores um and they're usually marked pretty low yesterday actually in another trip to a consignment store for the first time since march i found a pair for 176 dollars which is low and i thought about flipping them but then i could probably only get like 295 then you take the posh it ended up not being worth it but consignment stores will price them lower than online they know what they are but like again shoes sell for less money so the best deals i've gotten on golden goose have not been online i got a pair at wasteland in los angeles i got a pair in france they're obviously significant not obviously they cost significantly less in europe uh, if you happen to be going to italy they'll probably be 40 percent less but they've done a ton of markup because they know how popular they are i remember going into a store it, one of their stores in Paris and everything was like a gazillion dollars and there was no price difference between European prices and American, which is bullshit. So I'd say that about selling. Well, let's talk about the Golden Goose Gang. Yeah, uh, which like now I really feel like this is a podcast because, you know, it's like true crime. And also, I mean, it's not true crime. There's no crime going on here that I know of. I don't know, actually. If I disappear in a pile of Golden Goose sneakers, then, you know, it. that's what it was. <laughs> so you've said um, too much. I know. So there are golden goose bullies and I'm obsessed with this one woman. She might come for me. Um, <laughs> God. On Poshmark called Golden Goose Girl. And I've had conversations with other sellers and other consignment heads about what a bully she is. When, now, this is Okay, so what does that mean? She says mean things to other users? Yeah, so, well, okay. So this woman is running a genius business. Let's not get this wrong. Golden Goose Girl, I don't know who she is. I don't know where she's from. I mean, she's some woman, but she makes, I think, 100% of her living selling golden goose online. She has like over 100,000 or 200,000 followers on Poshmark. She has all the best golden gooses, all the new ones. They're all, I mean, you should buy from her um, just because she puts not nice comments about other people's golden goose sneakers like on their postings and or like calls people out when stuff is fake doesn't mean you shouldn't buy from her. I don't know how she's getting them. But then she has private Facebook groups you have to pay for 
to like get access to like the really good golden gooses. So I joined one of them that's free, which is people just like obsessively talking about golden goose to each other. And I was wondering if she's maybe like a golden goose plant. Like she's a great marketer for them. Like she, it's all talking about how like much they want to uphold the brand. So they don't get any of that resale money though. I guess it does just help spur new purchases just by word of mouth kind of thing. But that would be, that's kind of wild if that, if that's actually something that the brand would be doing. No, they're not doing it. It's, it would be too much brilliant girl marketing, but golden goose girl has Facebook groups you have to pay for to be in, which is genius. Genius. To to do, to talk about, to, I love these shoes also kind of stuff. Like, no. So it's, it's, it's like to get the, best ones so like you have to pay to be the viet which i won't do so i'm not in it but the regular one is also like her own marketplace and i think she takes a cut of it a genius and then there's a paid one where i think it's like even better rarer ones for people who are collectors it's wild someone give us a deal for a true crime podcast on the world of golden goose sneakers um because once you go down this rabbit hole it's honestly kind of wild like there are most people who are like reselling like one pair but it's not just this one person there are multiple like golden goose enthusiasts now this is true of, like many brands or people who like only resell louis vuitton whatever but i've never seen a fervor like this for a contemporary brand i mean these shoes started in 2007 like i mean i guess when did louis vuitton start but still it's it's really unusual so i think probably what's happening is there are people who run there's another woman i looked at her website for it's like you know buy my golden goose.com or something i have to figure out what it is but you know she has deals on it then in one of these groups they posted that i gotta find this url where you can like import them from like soho something and they're less but you might have to pay import fees i don't know if this is like now I'm like, oh my God, am I going to get in trouble with the Golden Goose authorities? But it is really crazy. So the Golden Goose Mafia might come for us, me specifically. <laughs> but I want to say a come in peace. I admire your hustle. And honestly, it's really smart business. If you can like build up a following like that and then monetize it on top of monetizing it, like shout out to you. And while we were doing this podcast and, you know, I'm surprised I've never done this before. I just, you know, put in golden goose on google just to see what what's up there are quite a few more styles than i realized i know kind of that like oh there's a star and they're kind of scuffy they're yeah like the the uh the leopard print um and variety of colors and it's there's there's more to this than i realized it's wild I'm obsessed. So Golden Goose Girl, if you want me to like, if you want to, I'm not, if you don't want to kill me um, and you do want to just come on the pod and like I'll garble your voice or not, it doesn't really matter. You can talk about your business and how you started it and like, you know, why this is what you do. But I'm obsessed with you. So <laughs> please let us know. <laughs> and if you're buying and selling secondhand Golden Goose, also let us know. Uh, I mean, Golden I guess Goose Girl, if she, if she somehow like gets wind of this and gets a hold She's of us and is just like, here's my deal. That will just be, it'll be the best full circle ever. I'm a little scared of her. <laughs> well, I, I, you might want to be. Well, she's the queen of, of Golden Goose. Um, so that's a, that's a little bit about what I know about this sneaker world, beat up Italian sneaker world. And I just got a new pair. God, I'm such a boo. Uh, but they have sequins on them. So they're very cute. You 
can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you will learn more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, and about my bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. Links to everything. We are on Instagram and Twitter at ingopodcast. Feel free to slide into those DMs at ingopodcast or at Meredith Feynman to ask questions. Are you Golden Goose Girl? And that's like Gossip Girl. Uh, what do you know about this brand? What are you looking for? Are you selling a pair? Should we start our own marketplace eventually? We will, but you know, should we get a start on it? And email us anytime at hello at ingopodcast.com. Stay safe, wear a mask, and Black Lives Matter. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.